When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good afternoon, good day, and good night. Welcome back to Team of Our Lives, the only and best Naughties based football podcast. We're getting better like Arteta. We are back like Michael Ballack, and we're going to pod like Andy Todd. It's probably the worst one I've ever done, to be honest. It, it, it's getting there. Uh, this week, we devour the impossible task of deciding whether or not Real Madrid's Galacticos experiment of the Naughties actually worked. Did they want instant success on the field, or was it all part of a plan to create a global brand? To discuss this topic, we have our regular League One aficionado, Mr. Harry Hansford. How are we? Yeah, not too bad, sir. How are you? Surviving. Yeah, we're doing all right, actually. Yeah. Weather's good. That's all that matters. All that matters. And we have roped in some European talent, a man who actually lived in Madrid and now resides in Milan from the Anglo-Italian pod. It's the amazing, the wonderfully bearded Rory. How are we? That's one of the best intros I've ever had. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, we're not doing too bad. Thank you very much. So before we get into the Galactico chat and the Madrid chat, we always uh, chat to our guests first of all. So, uh, Rory, who is your favourite Nortes footballer? 
I think as an Arsenal fan, well, I grew up supporting Crew Alexandra and Arsenal. So I was one of those annoying fans that picked a big team, right? So for Crew Alexandra, I'm going to, is it okay to pick two players? Can yeah, go for it, go for players? it. Yeah. Okay. For Crew Alexandra, there's only one choice. That's going to be Dean Ashton. I absolutely love Dean Ashton. The season he had for mm-hmm. with us where we were in the playoffs for the Premier League, like in the championship, and then he scored something like 28 goals by Christmas. And then we sold him. We didn't win a single game until the last game of the season to avoid relegation. <laughs> like that's oh. how good he was for us. He's okay. by far my favorite crew player of the time. And for Arsenal, not to be a bit route one, but it's going to be Thierry Henry. Um, I think he's kind of like, he kind of gave me like Michael Jordan vibes at times where he just completely changed the game, was unstoppable and I still regularly, especially now as things continue to be depressing as an Arsenal fan, go back and watch Omri highlights fairly regularly. I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it just, lot uh, yeah, it just reminded me when I was when in the early days of YouTube. I made a, when Thierry Henry left Arsenal with the Barca, I made a uh, Thierry Henry YouTube compilation called the Thierry Henry Scrapbook, and it got like two hundred thousand views. Or something. This was like back in the day. Um, I, I probably before. account for about 5,000 <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> but it was a bit like um, Harry's camera it was like uh, just <laughs> terrible quality <laughs> well I need to ask the big question what song did you pick for the background because that's like oh, huge it, on compilations right yeah I'll tell you what it would have been something very root one it would have been like ACDC's TNT or something it would have been something stupid. It wouldn't have fit, or a bit of Oasis, or something like something you would never put in a compilation. It'd be my back catalogue of random music. Um, yeah, it, or gold. Was it? Is it? Eat my goal. Eat, Eat my, my goal. goal. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh, for memories. The memories come flooding back. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that got copyright striked, and I was generally banned from YouTube for ten years uh, because ten of that years? video. Why ten god. years. I wasn't able to make an account with the, my email address. Don't know. I'm sure people have done worse things. <laughs> I'm almost fact, I, I know people have done worse <laughs> things. It was me. No, anyway. Uh, okay, next one. So Thierry Henry, yeah, I think that's an answer we've read a few times. Dean Ashton, mm-hmm. we actually spoke about in the last podcast. We were talking about the um, greatest um, league footballer of all time, and mm-hmm. uh, he was nowhere near the top 10, but we did, he did get an honourable <laughs> mention, to be fair. I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. Um, who is the most underrated Football of the noughties, in your humble opinion? I think someone... Uh, Raquel May. Raquel good, answer, May. good answer. People never talk about how good that guy was because he had a disappointing time at Barcelona, I think, but he was at Barcelona at a very difficult period of their history. But at Villarreal, he was unbelievable. And I remember just watching him a few times in the Champions League. He was absolutely incredible. The only other name that came to my mind was Pablo Aymar as well. I think people okay. forget how good he was, but I'm going to go for Raquel, mate, because just some of the his passing and some of the skills he would come out with, he he should be regarded a lot higher than he is, I think. Yeah, I think you're quite right there. It's a shame. I think Raquel may might have been my answer to when we'd done this in our first event. It's definitely a, definitely a player I do absolutely adore because his technical ability on the ball... Mm-hmm. was sublime he did he had like the skills of Ronaldinho but without the pace yeah. um and even when he because he, he was at Boca before uh, he came to Spain and then he was at Boca he went back to Boca mm-hmm. after Villarreal yeah. as well and even then he was still getting in the Argentine squad and uh yeah was number one pick really yeah it was well, good this is a, 
Exactly, and I think he's a player that the other Argent- the other members of that Argentinian squad talk about how great he was and how much he stood out. And like, I think people forget as well that the Argentinian league is actually a pretty decent standard. And if you achieve things at Boca Juniors, that is still a very big thing. Like, he's won the Libertadores. He's won the like. I don't know how their league system works, but I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. he's won it. Um, like, he he has achieved a lot, and I think yeah, he's a player I really enjoy going back and watching again. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think. Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck are record, like regarded as the guitarist guitarists. Mm-hmm. I think Raquel May is the footballer's playmaker, if that makes sense. I like that. I like there that. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big plan <laughs> up. Put that on TikTok. <laughs> there we go. Um, and uh, probably the most difficult one we ever ask, um, who are we going to induct into the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame? Who do you think was a footballer you were surprised made it as a pro, got that contract, and you thought, how on earth did they get that? Again, this might be a bit route one, but the first name that's coming to my mind is going to be Phil Neville. Um, oh, that stings. I'm not sure we've had Phil Neville before. I no. think he... I got the, So when AC Milan had Donnarumma, stick with me, right, in goal, they signed his brother and he said, you have to sign my brother, otherwise I'm not signing a contract because my brother wants to be a professional footballer, right? And Milan were like, okay, cool, right, we'll sign your brother. I kind of get that feeling that when Gary Neville was 13, 14, his dad, Neville Neville, said, can you also <laughs> sign my son? Otherwise, Gary isn't joining your club. And I just get, I think he was, a, yeah, very, very underwhelming. And just as a, I think he lived off the reputation of his brother more than his own ability. Well, funny you should say that, because I was listening to something the other day where Alex Ferguson quoted it was actually the other way around. Phil Neville was one of the most scouted young players at United, and a lot of clubs uh, were looking at him. And Gary was the one. Gary was not as a natural footballer, if that makes sense. Okay. He was more into his cricket or something. I think he played mm-hmm. a lot of cricket, um, and he had to work a lot more. But then over time, Gary's work rate overtook Phil's natural ability. So yeah, if people. I suppose if you. Ask someone to remember what Phil Neville was like. He is very unrememberable. If that makes I sense, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember a single highlight, a moment. I think of him in the Everton shirt in the tunnel. I can't really picture him on the pitch. Yeah, if you ask, um, if you ask me what he done, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. Yeah, um, and so that people think I'm not just hating on United, I'll say Pascal Seagan for Arsenal as well. Oh, Always he's confused me how he him. ever got anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Emmanuel Bouet got a shout, but I. I want, to, I want to stick up for Obue. I thought he was all right. It was just because of that one game where he got subbed off after mm. like being on the pitch for 10 minutes. Um, I've got a lot of love for Obue. We've talked about him a lot on our podcast because yeah. I think as a character, he fascinates me. And as a player, he's even more fascinating because he was capable of just utter like nightmares. And then he just like other games he'd be like running the wing against Barcelona and you're like how is this happening <laughs> like, yeah well, very confusing player yeah. you think about it, Ivory Coast had a fantastic team back then mm-hmm. as well and he was always in the team wasn't he so yeah. must be doing yeah. something right and uh, didn't his wife recently like screw him over somehow like get divorced and like took 90% of his assets or something stupid yeah he ended up getting I think he's got an ambassadorial job at Arsenal now because his agent screwed him his wife screwed him I think he got like just completely done over and Arsenal were like 
Okay, come on, mate. We'll look after yeah. you. <laughs> but it's nice to see. I like him. I like him. Yeah. I thought uh, Gunasaurus had changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a great there's a great story about Abue at Gilberto held a really like formal party for him reaching 10 years at Arsenal, I think. And it was like black tie event. And Abue turned up dressed as a tiger in a onesie and spent the entire party hiding behind things and jumping out and making people scream. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's photos of him in the onesie. It's amazing. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Uh, yeah, some great answers there. So let's, uh, let's, we're here today to talk about the uh, Galatasco, since we alluded to in the intro. Uh, Harry, you're somewhat of a La Liga, I wouldn't say expert, well, well, yeah, not an expert, but I was but, a, uh, a big, a big, sure. a big fan of the Liga, especially in yeah. the noughties. Sure, the Galacticos. We won't go on quite yet to whether it works or not. That's uh, no. what we'll decide at the end. Memories. What, what, what do they kind of allude and uh, mean to you? Yeah. So for me, uh, obviously, being like a, as we sort of mentioned, being a big fan of La Liga at that time and just uh, watching it, it was all because of the Galacticos. To be honest, like. I was I completely bought into that like oh, all the best players everything and like you know would you know we got Sky Sports and it was great because obviously Portsmouth were in the Premier League so that's probably why we had it uh, but for me it was like oh I can get up and watch uh, whatever Spanish sit things on but if, if Madrid was playing that was always the one I was watching uh, even though I probably own more Barca shirts than I do Madrid shirts or whatever I'd still and, and, and as as time goes on I sort of. Mm, don't know how much I like Real Madrid as a as a club, but I'm still going to always hold some sort of like fascination and love for them. And it is pretty much down to this sort of experiment, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. I think the likes of McManaman and Owen and Beckham going over as well would probably help the kind of oh, sure. English and Sky Sports getting the rights to the La Liga as well. Did they had they did they make like a La Liga dedicated channel? Did I imagine that? Uh, they, had they, a, they had a really yeah. was it Revista de la Liga or something it was called and Something it had like Guillaume yeah. Balaguer on it and the Northern Irish guy who played out in Spain for years I can't remember his name now but he was a really good pundit on it as well their coverage was actually I remember it being very very good at the time yeah yeah, 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 yeah I think that might have, might have helped the uh, English attraction of it anyway because sure. we often we've said it before we said the 90s football wise that belonged to the Italians and Serie mm-hmm. A the noughties Everyone was watching Spanish football, and I think the last 10 years probably been the Premier League. I think sticking to that, it seems to make sense. Uh, but Rory, what are your kind of you lived in Madrid? What was it? I don't know if it was around this time, but um, but Real Madrid back in your eyes as an Arsenal fan, um, I, amazing, yeah. I think I used to watch a lot of La Liga because it was on TV and I would just watch all football. Um, I was always a bit more fascinated by Barcelona because they have Ronaldinho and I, that yeah. just kind of that really did capture my imagination. But I think, yeah, the the idea when you're a kid of one team having all the biggest names that's bound to you're, you're gonna be like, I need to watch this every time. Oh, and I sure. just remember thinking. Even at the time, though, there was players there where I was like, who is that guy? Like, I know I know Figo, I know Beckham, I know Ronaldo. Who the hell is Pavon? Like, and even yeah. at the time being confused. Um, but yeah, I think a team that really captured people's imagination. Living out in Madrid, people still, like, will come to it, I think, but people obviously still talk about those teams. They left, like, a permanent mark on the city. Um, and... When I was in Madrid, I actually kind of lent more towards Atletico. Um, but I, having been to the Bernabeu, I was like, yeah, I definitely see why people fall in love with this club. Like, it is the biggest club in the world, really, right? Sure. And yeah. that's because of Florentino Perez, as we'll get on to. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It's funny how, uh, you know, I just had a thought come into my head there, how that Madrid team was loved, despite, you know, pretty much doing what Man City are doing and buying up all mm-hmm. the talent. But yeah. the likes of PSG and Man City are like heavily cri- criticised now in the last they 10 years. Well, they're like, it? fuck them and their oil money. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Madrid, Madrid, I suppose, because they've done it within their, well, with their own... Yeah, there's two. There's two money, I two, guess, but yeah, two big differences, isn't there? Like, say, it's not it's not based upon sort of oil money, and it's also they are a legacy club. Even at that point, they'd mm-hmm. won the European Cup five times, and you know they they had history, so people mm-hmm. expected it. Um, I, 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 we'll probably, I'll probably mention it later, but like obviously the Galacticos started in two thousands, but you really got to with Madrid remember that uh, when they had that spell with Di, Di, Di Stefano and they were winning. Uh, Champions League. They, they were essentially a, uh, a Galactico side then. They were mm-hmm. signing great players. Oh. So, so they sort of had that historical context behind it that City and PSG don't and probably would never be afforded. Yeah, well, probably you should mention that because I'm just going to come on to a quick history lesson. Uh, I don't know. We won't have a jingle for it, but Ollie's History Hour. There we go. <laughs> um, so the official Galactico period for Real Madrid is between 2000 and 2006, or the first era it is, when the newly elected club president, Florentino Perez, changed the policy of the club. Uh, despite European Cup success in 1998 and 2000, Perez was elected and he decided to sell the training ground, and this is crucial, for 480 million euros, allowing Real Madrid to clear their debts and take on this new approach and policy of buying out all the top talent in Europe, uh, allegedly getting one player a season, as we'll go on to. Although it can be argued that this was a technique also adapted by Real in the 50s and 60s, uh, when Santiago Bernabeu signed multiple superstars, including the likes of uh, Di Stefano, and uh, Ferenc Pushgas in the same team. Uh, as we all go on to discuss, that's, although exciting to watch, and with initial success, were the Madrid side, the Galacticos, somewhat of a failure, uh, which in turn led, led to another spending spree and a second era of Galacticos in 2009. Um So just quickly, Rory, what, what do you remember of the kind of early 2000s team? Did you have any favourite players? Um, I remember being fascinated by the fact that Figo was going from Barcelona to Real Madrid. I remember at the time being like, whoa, like even at my age, realising how monumental a move that was. Um, And then it was kind of just as I was discovering football abroad, really. I think like growing up watching Crew Alex, there was a long time I thought that was the the, the peak of football, right? (laughs) And then I realised there was a Premier League and then I realised there was football abroad. And I think it was just as I was learning about football abroad, coinciding with playing championship manager for the first time, I'm sure. Um, But I think, yeah, the Figo was the player that really like turned me on to Real Madrid really and being like, okay, something's happening there. Why are people getting angry about this? I think, yeah. Yeah, crazy. And Harry, do you have any um, favourite players or kind of players that stood out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could could go on and on uh, again and again on this podcast about how I love Guti, but uh, mm-hmm. probably best not to keep banging on about Guti. But yeah, he's, he's always going to be up there for me. Um, that sort of, even like, you know, sort of pre-Galacticos in a way, but Carlos, I think like, you know, sort of stayed there and was... I was just obsessed as a kid with with Roberto Carlos. I don't know what it was. I think it's just that magical left foot of his, you know, at times, just wonderful things. Uh, again, like Figo is one of my favourite. And I, I remember 
I, don't, I, don't, I doubt he even did this in real life, but on, on one of the early FIFAs, every time he scores with Figo, it just do this. And it just like anytime I scored a goal at school, whatever, I just straight away I was like, oh, well, this was Figo. Uh, so yeah, I think those are the three big sort of guys I sort of, as soon as I started watching them, were like, they were my three favourite. Uh, and obviously that changed over time with the Galactico signings, uh, we, uh, but maybe I'll, I'll leave them out for now. Um, and yeah, I think that you mentioned them earlier. It's, it's fair to say, look, people forget that because it's all that pre bit, but McManaman being there and he was, he was a big part of that team for the first few seasons, even in the sort of Perez era. And uh, he was a great player. And I think he gets forgotten about a lot, you know. Well, um, it, yeah. Player. Sorry. Well, he's a player that when I was out in Madrid, I was like a lot of my adult students, I would talk to them about football as I talk with everyone about football. And I would say, and the first thing they would say when I'm English would be, ah, Steve McManaman. And they all absolutely love him because not only did he score massive goals for them, he had huge moments for that club, but he always like, they always said he always was the hardest worker in the team. He stayed at Madrid when they blatantly didn't want him and they were he was like, I'm going to fight for my place. I'm going to prove you wrong. And he did. And they just love how much he loved the club. And I think we might get onto some of the personalities that turn up with the Galacticos. I think McManaman had the kind of a good personality for teamwork. And that's why like the, my students were still absolutely obsessed with him. Like, yeah, he's left a legacy there. Yeah, he scored some absolutely nuts goals as well when he was there. Just, he still had a bit of pace back then and his, his technique was quite very English skillful, if that makes sense, kind of like Brian mm-hmm. Robson-esque. Um, but yeah, very, very, you know, as you said, underrated player. I have a special shout out to Raul as well. I think he's somewhat forgotten about these days. He, when he left the club to go to Schalke, he was an absolute legend, club legend. No one could ever beat his goal scoring mm-hmm. record. And then a guy called Ronaldo turns up and just smashes <laughs> him straight away. Makes him look bang average. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. It just it just doesn't look. You forgot, I just remember, just it was always Raul scoring every single yeah. match. It was just goal after goal after goal. And it's just like, well, this guy's a fucking legend. No one's going to beat this when he retires. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I feel a bit sorry for him, to be fair. Because even at Schalke, he, didn't he win the Pokal with Schalke, with Ralph yeah. Ragnick? Well, they, done, they did a, like, a deep Champions League run as well. Yeah, I remember him scoring a lot in the Champions League for them. And it felt like, kind of like Benzema now, he had a, an affinity with the Champions League where he just scored every single game in the Champions League. It was insane. But yeah, even at Schalke, he did really, really well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool, 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 cool. Um Right then, let's get on to our uh, first season then. So 2000-2001. The manager was uh, Vicente Del Bosque. They finished first. So in the first 2000-2001 season, they actually won. So you could argue it worked. Um, some of the players they had at the time, Michel Salgado, who was absolutely you know, at the club for a long time, uh, Fernando Hierro, uh, Roberto Carlos, uh, Casillas, Raul McManaman, Morientes, Figo uh, in his first season as well. Transferred for 60 million euros from Barcelona. Um, they also had Ivan Campo, uh, Guti, Jeremy, you may remember, from Newcastle and uh, Chelsea, and uh, Makaleli as well, who signed from Celta Vigo for 40 million euros. And um, I don't know if you remember, Argentine guy called Flavio signed from Deportivo for 25 million euros as well. So we're talking about whether it was a kind of global brand experiment to try and get exposure to the players, but they didn't have a club sponsor for the first two years, the noughties as well. So maybe that argument's out the window, Um, but they were certainly bringing in more investment into the club by signing these big players. Um, 
Well, the Figo signing is really fascinating because Perez used that as leverage to get the presidency, right? So he said to the Real Madrid fans, I will buy you Figo, and if I don't get him, I'll pay for all your season tickets to the members, right? So he used it as leverage to get, like, I'm yeah. sure for him, would it be cheaper to pay for season tickets for everyone than get uh, Figo? I'm not sure. but How much were they at the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so he used that as leverage to kind of get his foot in the door. And then, as you said, in the first season, they win the league, so it's as good a start as you can ask for, really. Yeah, I mean, before... Uh, for 2000s, uh, their sort of attendance was dropping. And uh, part of that whole, I'll buy you Figo, I'll buy your season tickets, is to like get people back in. And like fascinatingly, one of the first, I think it's one of the first players to ever do it, Figo sold like 50% of his like image rights to Real Madrid. Oh, right. So part of that experiment was, oh, can we, uh, what can, how, how much money can we make out of selling Figo? Um, so, and as we go on, like other players sold a lot more of their uh, like like their, their image. I didn't know that. No, so basically they didn't didn't need a club sponsor because they were getting yeah. a shitload of money from selling yeah. Figo keyrings. They could have a yeah. shop on the front because but all the Gillette adverts or whatever was going on at the time, they were getting half of that money. I must have been a lot of pressure for like players like Figo. Oh, you've got to go and do this advert for I don't know. Sabutio or something I'm like oh for fuck's yeah. sake oh, I just can't be bothered with this <laughs> shit who plays Sabutio it's 2001 yeah it's like yeah I don't know yeah I don't know um, but that's a very good I didn't I had no idea about that so um, yeah good good point as well um, they were knocked out of the Champions League in by Bayern Munich as well yeah, this season I think it's important to mention because uh, they're about to uh, go on and win it as we talk about this next season uh, 2001-02 manager once again Vicente Del Bosque this time they finish third. Bit of a shocker. Um, top goal scorers were Raul with 29 and Morientes with 18 in the league. Um, so he does pretty well for a young young, a young buck. Um, obviously didn't go too well for him. Won the Champions League versus Bayern Leverkusen, the famous uh, Zidane volley, uh, the goal we kind of lived off for the rest of his career afterwards, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but they came runners-up in the Copa del Rey. Uh, they got to the final. They lost 2-1 to Deportivo. What a team they had back then, by the way. Um, but Roy Mackay. Roy Mackay. Um, what uh, was the, the Diego Tristan. Diego Tristan, yeah. What a player. West Ham legend. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Played play like three games for them <laughs> as a sub. Um, but yeah, um, so the last 10 games of the season, Real Madrid lost all 10 of them. Yeah. So uh, they had a pretty good start. All right, middle. Terrible end but to go from finishing first with this new kind of um appreciation mm-hmm. for um it, just buying players but uh, i suppose they won the champions league but uh, i don't know if it was absolute dominant success i suppose they probably put more of their uh, time and effort into the cup competitions making two finals winning one of them yeah and uh, this is the season they signed Zidane as well so that was their only transfer of the season signed Zidane from juventus for 72 million euros which is a lot of money back then it was the kind of similar time when Man United bought Rio Ferdinand for 30 million quid so that would have been around uh, 45 50 million euros back then all that came into my head then is we just paid the same amount for Nicola Pepe it doesn't seem fair it does not (laughs) seem fair no that's that's without inflation yeah 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 exactly Uh, that's crazy isn't it it's absolutely (laughs) crazy um I, I be honest with you, I don't remember Zidane at Juventus at all. I remember him scoring one worldy goal in like 1998, 
I remember him at the World Cup in 98 and 2002 mm. and Euros in 2000, but um, I no recollection of him at Juventus, really. Do you guys? Not really. I feel like when I used to watch Serie A on a Sunday, the teams that I was always, as <laughs> my co-host hates it, but I was always a Roma fan, um, and Parma massively. I love that part of the team. But Juventus, I remember my dad, as a, even as a child, being like, we don't like Juventus. Nobody <laughs> likes Juventus. Like my dad's family are Italian, right? So uh, he was okay. always like, you cannot like Juventus. It's impossible, right? So I think I was kind of turned away from it, maybe. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, but obviously, Zidane, so that transfer, again, a bit like the transfer of the year before when they signed Figo Macarelli. Instant impact, win the league. They signed another big player sell more shirts, whatever they do. Um, and then he obviously is vital to winning that yeah. Champions League. And that Leverkusen side was fucking immense as well. We had the Balak, Lucio, yeah. uh, can't remember who else in that team now, but there's a lot of legends. That's the team that they lost the Bundesliga on the last day of the season. They lost yeah. the Champions League final and they lost the German Cup final. Um, yeah. So they were like within minutes of winning the treble, but it all fell apart, right? Which is just... It still breaks my heart that story. It just felt Labour yeah. fans. It must be awful. That, that um, Polka mm. final came like four days before the Champions League final as well. So the, the, the morale going into the Champions League final was obviously just gone. Uh, but what, what's super interesting about this season is that it's the centenary of Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. So they started this whole campaign of we're going to win the treble. That's how we're going to celebrate the centenary. Um, and uh, obviously at one point they were doing quite well in the league and that, that dropped off and then they'd got beaten in the they, they, you know people don't really take for Copa del Rey that seriously but that year it was at the Bernabeu and they're like this is you know we're going to lift the trophy out of Bernabeu they lose the final and then uh, I think Figo at the beginning of the season was like oh it's our destiny to win the treble because Champions League finals at Hampden Park we won Champions League there before mm-hmm. uh, you know the final of the Cups at Bernabeu obviously had to eat his words but they did at least get that one trophy. And uh, I think Zidane had a bit of hate at the first half of that season because mm-hmm. uh, it didn't quite fit into their system. And like, so you say, oh, he lived with that goal forever. But that goal really did give him... Made, made him a solid player. Yeah that, yeah, that really opened up Madrid fans. Like, okay, he is worth whatever that money would be in today's money, you know. God knows, but yeah. Well, this is it. I think they struggled to find a position for him at the beginning of the season. They just didn't like, and he barely started. And yeah, they really weren't, really were not convinced by him, which is mad to think about now, isn't yeah. it? You find a position for Zidane shortly. Sure. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good shout. Oh, I didn't know that. Fair play. And losing the last ten games of the season, it's crazy. You imagine if they didn't win that Champions League. You know yeah. what would have happened there? There might have been a dispansion of the project. Um, but fair enough. On to the next season, then 2002-2003. They finished first, so back to winning ways. Um, But they only made the quarterfinals of the Cup of Tel Rey. They made the Champions League uh, semifinals, and Del Bosque was sacked uh, shortly after winning the league. Um, Big part of them winning the league, though, was a cheeky little signing from Inter Milan called Ronaldo. There he is. Do you know how much he went for? I think it was, I'm going to say 40 million. Close. 45 million euros, which, in hindsight, sounds like a bit of a bargain. <laughs> Despite his injuries, not bad. Yeah, He's still yeah. not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We scored 30 goals in that first season as well. Another quiz question. Who replaced Del Bosque? 
No, I, was it Matey from United, the Portuguese guy? It was, Carlos yeah. Queiroz. No, again, I didn't have any recollection of him being there. I was quite surprised when I read that. Um, but yeah, what, what a legend. Um, so, what yeah. a career he has had, by the way. Now he's at Egypt, boring everyone to death. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, did he manage Iran and Iraq? It's pretty cool. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, where else? Where, where is he going to next? Somalia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah somewhere random. Um, so, yeah, Ronaldo comes in, just absolutely changes the game up front. I think Morientes leaves the season as well or goes on loan to Monaco or somewhere. Um, finish first. I think Valencia are behind them. Barcelona are way down there at this point as well. Um, so another solid season. It's weird. It's still weird that they sacked their boss there. I find that bizarre, especially getting in Carlos Queiroz as well. Well, the mad thing is they got knocked out of the Champions League that year by Morientes at yeah. Monaco while he was alone from Yes, yeah. He definitely didn't do the let's not celebrate thing. Like He went a bit mad when he scored, oh, which yeah. I got a lot of respect He had a for. chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, tried, they tried to uh, push him out at one point to... I think Barca, mm-hmm. and he, he pretty much turned that down uh, but a few years before. Um, but, yeah, they've been trying to get rid of him for, for ages. And uh, But he was, he's, a, he's a product, isn't he, of, of their sort of system. People mm-hmm. didn't want him to go. So I think it was quite a cathartic moment for him to get that goal and to knock him out. But I, th- I, think, I think after that, did, did they go, like, for the last five games of the season, did they, like, draw every game or something? Is that why he got the sack? Is it? Is it this season that happens? I, th- I think I was, from the, the brief research I did, I think they drew four of the last five. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think they drew four of the last five. And then I remember at the time there was a quote from Perez that said his image doesn't suit Real Madrid. Okay. And it was like, basically, they fired him because he was ugly, which I was really like. He goes on to win the World Cup in the Euros, and <laughs> yeah, they? So, yeah. I mean, he can't be doing too bad. Yeah. Well, they, And they get Carlos Quiroz. Yeah, I mean, but I suppose... I suppose a lot, a lot of this project was let's become Man United, let's sell <laughs> shirts in Asia. Yeah. So if he couldn't get Ferguson, he was going for his number two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, get as close as you can. Like, mm. yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, finish first, but out of all the cup competitions relatively early, which should be a common theme. On to 0304, Carlos Kiros first uh, kind of full season in charge. They finished fourth, so a massive, massive drop-off. Uh, Ronaldo is still the top goal scorer with 31 goals. They knocked out of the quarterfinals uh, of the Champions League by Monaco, who, of course, yes, reached yeah. a final. Um, they lost a couple of rate in the final again to uh, Zaragoza, that uh, iconic Zaragoza team. Um, they decided to get rid of a few players. Um, Makileli, Fernando Hierro, and because uh, they, I believe they fell out with Perez over contract mm. negotiations. Mm. I think it was the same with McManaman, but I think he left the season after, or maybe the season. Um, Morientes goes uh, loan to Monaco, and they lost seven of the last ten games. Um, so a real, real dire end. And this is the season that they sign David Beckham. Again, I don't know if the image rights come into play there. Harry will know. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure about Beckham. I know I should have mentioned Sedan. So just a season after Figo, he sold 90% of his image mm. rights to Madrid. Oh, what an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I can I, I imagine Beckham probably, it all, his managers and knowing how like he's already presented himself as a brand, he probably held on to more than half, I'd imagine, at least. But I don't actually know the figure. It'd be funny if like Real Madrid invested in Posh Spice's uh, image rights as well. <laughs> I don't know if that would, Maybe, you know, imagine that, that, that negotiation table. Yeah, 
That'd be the new FIFA when you sit down. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So Beckham signs thirty-five mil again. Seems pretty good deal to be honest. Yeah. Again with twenty twenty-two. I mean, on. it's a great deal, but also you've got Figo. So mm-hmm. where does Beckham play? And he ends up playing like defensive centre midfield a couple of times and. Their their defensive midfielders are him and Guti, and like I, I I don't want to upset you and start slating Guti, but I don't think either of them were well, like Macaulay no. really. If you know no. what I mean, Guti's best role was like 2000, uh, 2001 where he sort of sort of off a striker mm-hmm. and he's just got freedom. Put him in Callum; he's got to be a defensive midfielder. Like, no way. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. you just let Macaulay walk out the door because you you think. He's not a big enough name. I think they tell him at one point, yeah. you, you should play for Madrid for free. You should be happy to play for free. Because he's on like a million uh, a year and Sedan walks in on five million or whatever. And he's like, wow, I want some of that. And they're like, no, you're not You're not Sedan. Klaus, your image rights, mate. We can't do anything with you, you ugly fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's pretty ballsy move because to get rid of Fernando Hierro as well, who was a club legend. He mm-hmm. was the one who won the Champions League with them in the, in the late 90s as well. Uh, club captain, kind of, you know, just Spanish legend as well. It was pretty ballsy. And I always thought he moved straight to Bolton, but he went to Saudi Arabia and played for Al Ryan um, and then went to Bolton afterwards. Okay. Uh, to uh, be reunited. I Bolton. I think yeah. that, that is, even when you mentioned <laughs> Ivan Campo, it's the reverse. I forget Ivan Campo was at Real Madrid. I only remember him at Bolton. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Yuri Jorkaev as well. Yeah. I, I think it's quite often that those players have a spell in like Saudi Arabia before they decide Bolton's nice enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a similar human rights conditions. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, Lancaster Council. Um, there we go. But uh, this is uh, as a season though they finished fourth. They're knocked out of all the uh, cup competitions early, other than the Cup of the Ray in which they lose in the final. So this is a massive failing. They've got Ronaldo, they've got Figo, they've got Beckham, uh, Zidane. They get rid of two kind of, uh, I suppose, locker room kind of greats as well in McAlealy and Hero. This is the first time we kind of see this go a bit tits up. It kind of, um, it's not going the right way. Uh, I think to make sense of next season's signings as well, we've got to point out for the last like three, four seasons, there's been no defenders signed. Yeah. Yes, the, yeah. Not a single one. Every yeah. manager has said, by the way, this yeah. needs fixing. Yeah. No yeah. People really so that's fit. a common, yeah, it's not until the kind of mid noughties where they realise, oh, we should probably buy some defenders. <laughs> Who's on sale? <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a guy called Jonathan Woodgate. I feel um, might yeah be able to uh, we'll get onto that. But uh, yeah, we're jumping ahead slightly. But yeah, you're quite right. So they, yeah, all the all these big signings, spending pretty much the whole budget is going on one player, um, and it's not a defender. So yeah, you're quite right. So maybe that's where Carlos uh, kind of got it right. Um, let's go on to the 0405 season. So they had a few managers uh, this season, starting off with Jose Camacho. Who I believe was a play for Madrid in the 70s and 80s. Um, bit of a bit of a legendary figure there. Um, he was recently managed Gabon. That's my notes on him. Wow. There we are. Uh, he was still he's still managing, but uh, he only lasted with Real Madrid up until I think like December of this season. I think mm-hmm. or like not no September. Sorry. Um, and then they had uh, Mariano Ramon, who was a goalkeeper with Real Madrid in the 70s. Always dodgy when you get a goalkeeper. As your coach, especially especially at the you know, who's he going to sign as uh, his next big player? Um, but he was yeah goalkeeper of Madrid in the seventies, so a bit of an odd signing. But he 
was there from September to December. And then they finally settle uh, with Vandalay Luxembourgo, who uh, now manages Al Jazeera. That's where he is currently. And I think he's. I can't believe he's still managing. He yeah, looked, he... In the video I watched, he looked about 50. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was he was a failed footballer in Brazil, so he went straight into coaching in like the yeah. late late seventies or eighties. But get this, so I didn't know about Luxembourgo at all. I, I barely remember the name, but and I know what he looks like. But again, it's not a name I've, I'm too familiar with. So I've done a bit of research. He's managed thirty six teams. Ooh, Jesus, prolific. <laughs> Makes Neil How? Warnock look like a youth. <laughs> What's his longest stint? His longest stint must be one season, right? Well, I don't know. Um, but yeah, again, pretty ballsy to again, he's mainly managed in South America with Brazilian teams. He actually managed Brazil for a couple of yeah. years in the yeah. early noughties, I believe. Um, and he's managed Palermas five different times. <laughs> I love a club that just goes back to the same uh, same manager, like Galatasaray <laughs> and Fatih Terim, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah. no matter what happens, they always go back. Like, it happens so, a lot in Serie A as well. If there isn't already a documentary on Vanderlei Luxembourg, there needs to be one, not only because be. he has a fucking cool name, but yeah. I just wonder what these clubs think of him, particularly like Palermas. I think Flamengo hired him four times, and um, he was at like Villarreal. Yes. And like, as I yeah, said, he's, he's not- still managing now in Saudi, so... You must be able to put together like a very good run that then people look, remember that and then it sort of just falls off and that's why he gets sacked. But I think I think the reason they literally brought him into Madrid is because he had like three years between like 98 and 2000 uh, or 97 and 2000 as like Brazil manager. Mm-hmm. And I think they were like, we've got a couple of Brazilians now. Uh, bring in a Brazilian guy, you might be able to talk to him and keep things all right. I think that's pretty much it. They're like, oh... Mm-hmm. He'll keep Ronaldo fit. I think when you, when, you, when you look at his CV as well, which I grant you is about 42 pages long, um, <laughs> he, it seems like, yeah, you're quite right, Harry. He manages Brazil, manages Real Madrid, and that's two pretty big jobs in a row. Yeah. And then the 34 other jobs after that are all on the back of those two jobs, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, I think if you manage the national team and the Galacticos, I think, yeah, who's going to turn you down? Certainly not Al Jazeera. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, so Real Madrid in this season finished second. Once again, the top goal scorer was Ronaldo Nazario. This time only with 24 goals, so he's sleeping a bit. Um, this time, they get knocked out of every cup competition in the round of 16. So... Last season they finished fourth. Don't really, don't win any silverware. Bit of a failure. This time they finished second. So done slightly better. Um, but again, win sod all. So this is a season. Yeah, you're quite right. They decide to um, buy more than one player. So for the first time in five years, they buy multiple players, and they buy some defenders. One of which, Walter Samuel oh, uh, from Roma. What a defender! Yeah, which, what a defender! I, the most terrifying eyes as well. His eyes were terrifying. Like, he looked yeah. like a scary bastard. I, I could not remember him there whatsoever. I just assumed he went from Roma straight to uh, Inter Milan. Yeah, I think he had the kind of, um, a player who might come up, the kind of Cassano career at Real Madrid, where it was very, very brief. But he was, at Roma, he was part of that incredible Roma team that won the Scudetto. And he was like, yeah, he was an unbelievable, like, unstoppable defender. And I think that was like, 
for Real Madrid, who desperately needed defenders, there weren't any, there, or there weren't many better on the on the planet at that point than him. I think, yeah. Uh, Twenty-four million euros as well. So, from compare that to what they've been spending uh, years gone by, uh, not too bad, I suppose. I guess maybe they didn't get the best out of him. On the contrary, twenty million euros, lad from Newcastle called Jonathan Woodgate. Very much the Harry Maguire of his day. <laughs> um, 50-50 on the best of days. I don't think he was a bad defender, to be fair, but I do remember he had like one of the most calamitous yeah. um, debuts of all time. I think he scored an own goal and got sent off, if memory my, serves. Yeah, my students who would mention McManaman, the next name would be Woodgate, and they would <laughs> laugh about his debut and be like, where the hell did that guy come from? Was he seriously one of your best defenders? I think... They, he, I think every club has signings that they look back and laugh at, right? I think Woodgate is definitely, sure. definitely up there. Um, but they also signed, I think it's this season, they signed Thomas Graveson, mm-hmm. 3.5 million, which blow. And there is a picture of him celebrating where he gets his testicles out and puts them on someone's head. I do remember <laughs> that. And he got banned for a few games. I'm absolutely, I'm unless that was a fever dream, I'm almost certain that happened. What website um, is that on? I'll send it after after the show. I'll send you the link. Don't worry. Um, But this was Real Madrid always made or started at this point to make mad signings, and I think Thomas Graveson was one of those. Yeah, just a mad signing. Yeah, it doesn't scream Galactico, does it? um, (laughs) It was just a big man to fill the hole, wasn't he? Yeah, I think again, it's just that. Oh, we probably spent a bit too much the last few years, but we need someone that's going to be able to fill in those sort of roles and. He sort of fit the bill. And I think people forget of Woodgate. There was a lot of talk about him and his potential and how he could be. Um, so it probably didn't seem that bit of, that weird at the time. It was pretty much after his debut and then the injuries. And then it was like, okay. And then I think, you know, he had an all right career sort of afterwards as well, didn't he? To be fair to him. But yeah, he'd be forever blighted by that. Uh, two yellows and an own goal, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Michael Owen signs... For the poxy sum of 12 million euros. That's, that's crazy. Half the price Mental. of uh, Woodgate. Mental. Like, especially as his stock was so high before he went to Real Madrid. Like, that was like, he was, you know, yeah, the, the 12 million is, is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But then he, he kind of had a decent enough fe- season for them. When you look at his numbers, it actually, yeah. he did all right. Yeah. But I don't know if he was just desperate to get back to the UK or they weren't happy. But, yeah. like, yeah, he actually did better th- better out there than you think. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. it's weird, isn't it? Because you look at his stats and he pretty much scored every other game he played mm-hmm. and a lot of them kept were off the bench uh, and he just wasn't starting. Yeah. And I think I think that's what it was. That he, he probably want, he felt like he deserved to be a starting player, especially at that point in his career. They didn't feel he was worth more than £12 million, obviously, so they weren't going to start him. Maybe if he came with an £80 million price tag, they would have started him because mm. that's what they were all about. But... Yeah, like people think it's a massive flop, but really it was just he did good when he played. He just didn't play enough. Mm-hmm. But also um, from his part, he's trying to get ahead of Ronaldo and Raúl. Like, yeah, yeah. Y- yes, Michael Owen it was a great striker, but you're not you you are neither Ronaldo or Raúl. No. Like, I think going there, you're probably going to know that you're third in the yeah, pecking order, or you should know that you're you third do. in the pecking order. When did he win the Ballon d'Or? Two thousand three. That's a very good question. I have a feeling it might have been His Ballon d'Or is in the Bernabeu um, 
museum so i feel like it could be when he was there or as he signed for them okay like, yeah you know, i have a feeling it was yeah. around this time yeah if um, you win the calendar maybe you, do, you are going to back yourself mm, to true knock enough. out yeah. raul wall and i think i think maybe as well he was told raul's homegrown like he's not a galactico like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be able to get him out because Perez is worried about things like that like should be, should, you should be his agent like, this this you know, Ralph fella, he ain't stood a chance. Yeah. He hasn't won a Ballon d'Or. No, He's part of the youth team. But, but if we, uh, I'm sure we get on to Perez as a character. But if we, if we think about Perez, Perez is a very strange mm-hmm. and w- wonderful man in, in ways, but terrible in other ways. But he did have this sort of idea that, like, if you weren't signed by him as a star, you weren't a star. It didn't matter yeah. if you were Macaulay or Raul. Or, like, you weren't, you weren't David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a bit of a tyrant, wasn't he? Um, moving on to the next season, 2005-06 then. Uh, Luxembourgo uh, manages a... F- he was in charge for a full year, which is quite good by his record, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> so he was, there, he was there until December and uh, it was replaced by uh, Juan Lopez Caro. Um, again, they finished second, so maybe this project isn't going to plan. Um, Ronaldo scores, top goal scorer, but only with 15, so definitely, definitely a bit of an issue there. Uh, up top um, again knocked out in the round of 16 in the Champions League and reached the semis of the Copa del Rey that was by Arsenal we knocked him out in yeah. 05 or 06 yeah, it that was. was an incredible game I, I one of the best games of my life I really enjoyed that really really enjoyed that just have to get an Arsenal shout in whenever yeah I wasn't that when like Sol Campbell and Perez were just on absolute fire um, this was, was the it? year we reached the final um, and yeah it was Perez Lundberg Omri Campbell that kind of like after the Invincibles team, obviously. Abue was in there. Uh, Colo Torre was there. Yeah, great team. 1-0 win at the Bernabeu and 0-0 at Highbury. And the 0-0 at Highbury was an incredible game as well. Uh, really, really like intense. Should have been lots more goals than there was. Um, one of Arsenal's greatest Champions League moments ever is that night in, in the Bernabeu, I, I think, undoubtedly. Mm. Yeah. Should have should have won it, really. Really, really should have. It, I, I could go on for 20 minutes, but I remember Barcelona's that. goal was offside. And that and, final was... was... Yeah. That was never, you know, well, it's a could have, should have, would have, but that was Henri's time to shine. I think, um, there's a one on one, there's a one on one that he needs to score. He just, he he just doesn't. That was his, that was never ever gone back and watched anything from that final again. Maybe you should, I think you should. (laughs) It'll make a a good episode, uh, of of a pod, I reckon, still like a watch along. So I think if he if he won Champions League, I think he might have nicked the Ballon d'Or from Mm -hmm. Cannavaro, um, you know. They didn't like giving it to defenders anyway. So, no. yeah, I have a feeling they might have. Um, yeah, knocked out of the Champions League in round of 16, reached the semis of the Cup of Del Way. Figo, Walter Samuel and Solari all moved to Inter Milan from Real Madrid this season. Michael Owe moves to Newcastle. So quite a big exit of big players. Obviously, Figo still has a bit of a career at Inter Milan yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does quite well there. So they could have kept him. Samuel becomes one of the best defenders in Serie A, in Milan. I think Samuel might be part of the. Is he was he part of the treble team? He might be part of the treble team. I would have thought so. I'm yeah, sure. I would have yeah. thought so. Um, so yeah, issues again. Really, it was such a good first couple of years winning the league and the Champions League. We're now at halfway point in the North season. They're still finishing second. Um, they still haven't settled on a, a decent manager, and they're just not scoring as many goals. And they get rid of some of their, you know, better players. However, they do what they've done the season before, and they, you know, you know what we're going to just 
rather than spend a lot on one player, we're going to get a few decent players. So they signed Sergio Ramos from Seville, 27 million euros, so absolute bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely, signed... definitely a good signing, that one. Definitely yeah, a good signing, like no complaints. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Rubinho from Santos, 25 million Euros again won't speak about him. He's a he's a wanted wanted felon. Yeah. Um, Julio Baptiste, uh, Arsenal man, Arsenal legend, him? four goals at Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. also also so they absolutely ransacked Seville. Uh, he signed for twenty million mm-hmm. as well. So I think they, didn't they win like three UEFA Cups in a row with the likes of. Uh, I think it was a, yeah that um, Ramos that and Baptiste Seville, yeah. that Seville team. They had the other. Um, was it Luis Adriano up front? Oh, uh, Fab- Fabiano. Fabiano. Luis Fabiano was incredible. That was a great severe side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also get Cicinio from Sao Paulo, also played for Roma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also gets Antonio Cassano from Roma for 5.5 million euros. So not a bad bit of business there, but he, I don't think he was... Cassano always had his... Um, his ghosts off the pitch. I think if he'd have stayed at Roma, like him and Totti were like best, best, best friends. And Totti said one of his biggest regrets is not forcing Cassano to stay because Cassano definitely was easily distracted. Um, and he spent most of his time in Madrid, I think, drinking, eating cakes and seeing ladies of the night. I think he had a great time, but he wasn't great on the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, I'm one of these players. Uh, rights as well, do you think? Like, Sorry? I can't imagine they were too interested in his image rights, so that's what was going on. No, possibly not. Possibly not. (laughs) Well, from the beginning to the end, he he put on about five stone, I'm telling you. He was like, (laughs) it was like, did you see Nasri playing the other day when he did the charity match? Cassano was kind of looking like that towards the end. Yeah, a bit thing, podgy, yeah. yeah. But, uh, as it Andy Reid used to play with like his shirt, just the <laughs> first bit of his shirt tucked in. Yeah. I think podgy footballer Andy Reid's the one to go to. Um, but also, crucially this season, this is the first season uh, where Perez isn't president. He relinquishes his duties as well. So the Glasgow era could be over, potentially, because that's when Literally. Perez kind of leaves and um, they stop buying one-off players. They've committed to buying a few players uh, every every season. So quite a, a quite a turning point. You, with Figo and Samuel leaving, Owen leaving, getting in the likes of Sergio Ramos, who would be a club legend. Um, so yeah, quite a big season in terms of transfers, but not in the league. Yeah, so so he steps down under a little bit of controversy and it's sort of seen as like, oh, Galacticos has failed almost. But uh if you look at sort of like facts and figures of uh, richest clubs in the world, for, for, for two seasons before that, Madrid finally overtook Man United as the most profitable mm-hmm. club. And they finally started to make most of their revenue from commercial interests rather than uh, like broadcasting rights. So his actual goal of turning it into a business as such uh, or brand, what, what had a, were achieved, it was just for football sort of side hadn't been achieved so that's why he had to sort of have that public step down uh, but spoiler alert he'll be, be back in uh, a few years won't he <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert indeed well let's move on to uh, 2006 then uh, Fabio Capello remember that guy oh, um, he <laughs> yeah, who? he was that really good England manager um, yeah. uh, he comes in and in his first season wins the league uh, a little bit of thanks to new signing 
Rude Van Nistelrooy bagging 33 goals in his first season. Uh, Ramon Calderon uh, is the new club president. Again, they're still out of all of the competitions in the round of 16, um, but they do win the league with this new team they have. Interesting fact, they played my local team, Plymouth Argyle, in a pre-season friendly in Austria. Uh, I've really spoken about it before, but it all came about because they pretty much stole or stole the hotel which Plymouth had booked and but right because it's Real Madrid the hotel was like no it's Real Madrid so they kicked out the Plymouth team but they said to make it up to them they're player friendly in nice. Austria and they won one nil oh there we go Incredible. they also played I, I didn't know this until did a bit of research controversial now bear in mind this they played like a charity match and this match was called the peace match guess who they played Oh, I, and why is this ringing a bell? It rings a bell. I can't remember. No. They played. They played a country. <laughs> was it, it wasn't like North Korea or something, was it? Uh, no, not no. Quite that. it was Israel. Oh, I was going to say Israel, but I didn't want to guess Israel. Yeah, right. I want to know who who the peace was between. <laughs> like, I didn't know Spain and Israel had issues. Or, or I, think it was. I, mean, it was, I think it was some sort of charity game, to be fair. Um, but anyway, Real Madrid won 8-0, so it's nice to know that Plymouth Argyle were better than Israel. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, but also another big season, so they finished first, but they did lose. Uh, Zidane obviously retired previously at the World Cup. Uh, Ronaldo went to AC Milan, uh, Arbeloa went, Juan Fran, Gravison and Woodgate finally leave, Julio Baptista leaves as well. Um, so again, a bit of an overhaul in terms of the club. Um, but again, instead of going for one major signing, for three years in a row now, they've brought in a few decent players, um, a few players even, and they do a decent bit of business. So Cannavaro signs for Juventus only for 10 million euros. That's the uh, Ballon d'Or World Cup winning Cannavaro for 10 million Euros, so he's doing all right there. Um, they also get remember Emerson, yeah, uh, Juventus and uh, Middlesbrough. So Emerson goes from Juventus as well for 10 million euros. Uh, Ruvan Nistelroy for 15 million euros. I just can't believe yeah. we let him go that cheaply, yeah. Um, Mamadou Diara for 26 million from Leon, so very much a kind of Makaleli replacement, but he was the most expensive. Player that sign you think of Ruvan Estroy Cannavaro. No, Diara is the most expensive signing. Um, Fernando Gargo from Boca for 20 million, uh, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, for 13 million, and Marcelo, uh, who had become a club legend, of course, uh, for 6.5 million. So it's interesting, um, uh, Sergio Ramos was there before Marcelo was. Um, all of yeah. those signings seem quite sensible, like <laughs> all quite like you're like, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. All of those make sense now, Perez isn't here. The signings are starting to make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And getting a few defenders in there as well, or defensive midfielders like Gargo and mm. Diara, you know, on the, just won five back-to-back league titles with Leon. Um, Ruvan Estoy, sensible signing for the 15 mil as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Still can't believe Cannavaro costs so little. It's uh and that was Pretty after crazy. the World Cup, right? That was yeah. off the back of the 2006 World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was because Juventus got relegated, right? Because yeah, of Calciopoli. That was the summer. So, yeah, it was a bit of a fire sale because Vieira went to Inter. I think the only ones who stuck with them were Buffon, Del Piero, 
Perlo. Ed Fed, maybe, I think, yeah. I think Perlo left AC Milan to join Juventus that season. Quite possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a yeah. feeling they've done something weird like that. Yeah, AC Milan had told him that they thought he was past it. <laughs> which is right. just incredible. Prove them yeah. wrong. Ten, <laughs> yeah. ten, ten years later, yeah. number 10 trophies in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair play. Um, but yeah, signed some big signings that would go on to become legends of the club and um, very instrumental as well. Um, yeah, Diara, forget about him. He, he was a good, mm-hmm. don't know if he's worth 26 mil, but he was definitely a, definitely a good player. Um, yeah, and Fabio Capello was only at the club for a year as well. I think he fell out with the board. I'm not too sure what happened there, but you could have thought... Capello, one of the biggest names in world football in Italy. I yeah, I we'll, we'll give you a year. I think there was a lot of hesitancy around how he wouldn't play uh, a certain Englishman as well. Um, or what, what, what really boded well for his next job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think Capello also falls out with people everywhere he goes. I feel like he does fall out with people a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a Ben Foster podcast. He was speaking about Capello. And at the 2010 World Cup, he just done some like weird, really weird shit. Like he banned ketchup, and um, yeah, he banned like the families from seeing each other and stuff. So yeah, they have like it's part of like the football culture here is they have a thing like called um, retiro. So when the team's doing really badly, they'll take the players into a camp and like they're not allowed to leave, and they just train the entire time. They take their phones off them, and like the culture is like that's still a big part of Italian culture. So I think when he went to English football, he was, and he had to deal with Jimmy Bullard. I think he was a little bit like, okay, how the hell do I do this? Like, it was definitely a clash of cultures, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a reason we haven't won a World Cup uh, for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're quite right. Uh, on to the next season, 07 08. Uh, the manager is uh, Bernd Schuster. Again, they win, win the league, so they do pretty well in terms of uh, winning a league again. Um, but again, out of all competitions in the round of 16. Mm. Uh, top goal scorer for the first time in a while is Raul, with 23, showing he could uh, still do it in his later years. Um, Roberto Carlos leaves the club, as does David Beckham. Helguera, who's been there for like over 10 years at this point, club legend. Cicinho moves to uh, Roma. Woodgate moves to uh, Middlesbrough. Emerson, Cassano and uh, Antonio Reyes will leave as well. Um, yeah, so another exodus. They seem to ha- have in the last few years now, they seem to have like a mass exodus, but also bring in a few players. So this is the season they spend a lot of money. They get Ian Robin from uh, Chelsea for 36 million euros. I forget um, he was at Real. Yeah, yeah. he didn't really yeah, do yeah, much yeah, there, yeah, did he? Yeah. I only just think of him as Chelsea and Bayern, that's it. I forget he was at Real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't quite work out for him. I thought this next player joined a lot earlier. I assumed he was there way before Ramos, but he wasn't. Pepe signs from Porto wow. for 30 million. So he joined in 2007. I would have thought well, he joined the same time as Ramos a couple of years earlier. Yeah, um, I kind of see them together. Like yeah. if I think of them, it's both of them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Those yeah, are yeah. the two centre backs. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Also get Wesley Snyder for 27 mil from Ajax. Again, uh, Dutch players don't seem to do well at Real Madrid. Uh, particularly this next one, Royston Drentford moved him uh, <laughs> from, from final. People were so excited about him. I remember he was like the big name. He was incredible on Championship Manager. I remember he was going to be like, right, this is the wing back for the next 10 years. I don't even know what. He, he he was a rapper for a bit, I think. Yeah, I think we've discussed it before. He went to Everton, didn't he? He did. They, um, yeah. I think he joined like Galatasaray after that. Or, he did. Um, 
Oh no, he went to Reading as well. He was at Reading briefly. Wow, I think. And then he came. He's played at like St Mirren and some random random teams. But yeah, he became a rapper. Now he plays in like the Dutch third tier. Wow, I think he's still just got, going. Fair play. Yeah, he just got promoted with a club into the second tier. I think. But and that's another <laughs> great name. Royston Drenth is a great name. That's yeah, great. it is true. He, apparently, he was just a madman though. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Got a bit too big. A bit like um, is it? Is it Van der Maid at Everton? It was just a bit of a addict or just a bit of... yeah he was at Inter for a bit as well and he went a bit mad yeah was... stories of him in Milan and the nightlife were like yeah 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 <laughs> he loved it he loved it <laughs> fair enough uh, Gabriel Heinz joins as well um, and then they do a bit of free business as well so this is the first time they get some big players on free mm. I'm talking Javier Saviola from Barcelona Ooh. controversial uh, signing he was at Barcelona for a long time as well but he was always out on loan uh, heralded as the next Maradona in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they get Met Zelda from Dortmund on a free and Jersey Dudek, fresh from winning the uh, Champions League or reaching another Champions League final, um, free from Liverpool as well, as number two to Casillas. I remember Met Zelda for them was really, really good. I remember he was yeah. very good for them for a while. Like, he was a very, very good defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, quite sensible from Real Madrid. It feels weird. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely wait until a couple of seasons time again back to everyone um but yeah another mixed season really because they are they finished first but um again they're just out of all the cup competitions relatively early um again you know we forget Villarreal had a great team at this point Valencia had a great team Barcelona had a team Seville had a great team Atletico had a great team at this point it was a very we said it earlier about Naughty's kind of belonging to Spanish football. I think yeah. it really did. All those teams were, mm-hmm. were great. Even like Mallorca and Zaragoza got to finals. and um, yeah. Deportivo that we talked yeah, about before yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, everyone had their 15 minutes of fame, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, 08-09, manager was Schuster up until December and then was taken over by uh, Juan de Ramos on his return from uh, a disappointing Spurs journey. Mm-hmm. Still, the last manager to win a trophy with Spurs. It still, yeah, needs, true. It still needs mentioning. It still needs mentioning. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, this time they finish second in the league. Um, they're out in the early stages of the Copa del Rey. They're out in the round of sixteen in the Champions League. They lose the last five five games of the season, and they lose to Barcelona twice um, as well over the course of the season. Top goal scorers were Raúl and Higuain. And I still think Higuain was living off this reputation for a while. Uh, he had like two good seasons at Madrid and I don't think he ever kind of lived up to those seasons in his uh, further career. But yeah, it's, it's very topsy-turvy. Sometimes finishing first. They're doing awful in all the cup competitions though. They're really struggling to find uh, a massive amount of form. Um, again, a bit of business they do do. do, do. Uh, they get, Van, they get uh, Van der Vaart from Hamburg. 13 mil. So uh, obviously another Dutchman along with Royston, Robben and Schneider. So very heaven, very heavily Dutch influenced side and it just doesn't work. I think Dutch players in Madrid, they're kind of more famous at Barcelona, aren't they? Yeah, it feels um, like more of a natural connection there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they also get Huntelaar, classically on Huntelaar, the baby-faced assassin from Ajax uh, for 20 mil. And famously, he didn't do well there either. Yeah. So if you're Dutch, just avoid Real Madrid. Just don't, my go. Advice. just don't go. Just don't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a Dutchman. I suppose Van Nistelrooy done all right. 
Mm, yeah. But he well, that, so he's the exception that proves the rule, right? There's always an exception, and that's him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, but he wasn't like amazing there, was he? Because even he left. Um, they also signed a couple of Javi Garcia from Osasuna for four million. Obviously, he would go on to uh, Barcelona and stuff. Lasana Diara from Portsmouth. A very, very underrated player. He was very good. He was very good. It still annoys me that Arsenal sold him. I don't know why we sold him. It still confuses me. He played at Inter Milan as well. Quite possibly he had a stint out out here. Yeah, quite possibly. He kind of moved around a lot. I remember he was at Chelsea for a bit. Obviously, Portsmouth, Arsenal. Yeah, he was everywhere, wasn't he? Very good player. Definitely played at AC Milan because I remember the last on his Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I remember rightly, I think he weirdly at Madrid wore the number 10. Yes, that does ring a bell. I'm going to have to Google that now, but that does ring yeah. a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Harry, uh, Lasana Diara. Yeah, incredible player. Absolutely incredible. Uh, gutted to see him go, but we needed that money, man. And 20 million was a steal. Like It was a absolute steal for us. And I don't think, I think most of that just went straight on debt. It was ridiculous. But we, we, you know, we should have sold him to pay off our debts. That's how genuinely good he was. So I just, I just don't think it ever really happened for him. He had all that skill and he had it all, but I just, I just feel like he, his career sort of just never quite went the way it should have. Was he part of the FA Cup winning team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So um, him and the, game, the game when the one game Great midfield. Was, we we scored a goal. Uh, we scored. We conceded a goal. Was against Plymouth, and he scored the uh, the winner for us to then move on to the next round. I trying to, that, trying yeah. to remember if he. I, I think he might have controversially wore the number ten at Madrid. I, I was just looking. Yeah. It was number ten at Marseille. Ah, okay. Yeah, number nineteen at Real Madrid. I okay. think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that. Um, another signing. They signed the season on loan. They don't do many loan signings, but they decided to get from West Ham. Oh. Julien Faubert. Interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> His highlight is falling asleep on the bench, right? That was him? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Very weird indeed. So again, mixed season. Um, again, cup competitions are just doing shite, uh, but they're doing okay in the league, finished second. So um, yeah, the Galacticos, I suppose the first era of Galacticos is very much over this point now Perez has left. And it's still they're still not getting any consistency in terms from season to season, um, but it is a very competitive league as discussed. So we go into the final season of the Nauties, two thousand nine ten. The manager is Manuel Pellegrini. Oof. Completely forgot he was there. Yeah. Florentino Perez returns as president. Dun dun dun! Like the empire strikes back and begins phase two. <laughs> or for the Galacticos so you could officially argue this three phases the one in the 50s and 60s um, I think to me the Galacticos is that early team between yeah. 2000 and 2005 yeah, I think that is the original Galacticos but he begins phase two um, again not a good season because they finished second um, the top goal scorers are Cristiano Ronaldo with 33 Higuain also has a season of his life for 27 and I think this is the season he was kind of living his reputation um, was very much hung up on this they're out of the Capital Reign round 32 out of the Champions League in the round of 16 um, they finished second but they finished with 96 points Barcelona had 99 
and Barcelona only lost one game all season. Jesus. Um, so yeah, it was very close. It's the highest points total they could have had. I think they ever had in. I think it was the highest points total you could have had and not win. Yeah. Um, so very unlucky, considering a lot of people left the club as well. Cannavaro leaves, Saviola leaves, Salgado leaves, Heinz leaves, Huntelaar. Oh, yeah, it's a mass Dutch wow. ex- exodus. So, <laughs> they all go together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huntelaar, Schneider, Robin and Van Nistelrooy all leave this season. Mm. Um, it just didn't work out for them. But they do go on a spending spree. They get Ronaldo for 94 million euros. Um, remember Garay, the centre-back? Yeah. Get him on Very, a free. Yeah, decent, yeah. Decent. Get him on a free from Santander. Um, they get Kaka from AC Milan for 67 million. So they're going all out. This is this is Perez back with a vengeance. Yeah. He's yeah, like, we're spending yeah. all the money. Um, they get CR794. Yeah. Garay, Kaka, Xabi Alonso for 40. Spent a lot oh, on him. That is a big window. Ronaldo, Kaka, and Xabi Alonso. Yeah, yeah, And Benzema for 35 mil from Lyon. And uh, Raul Albiol from Valencia for 15. So their biggest ever spending window yeah. as well. And you could argue, we don't delve into the 2010s, but you could argue this second phase Galactico team, well, it definitely was more successful, all the Champions yes. Leagues and leagues they've won. But they're not as likeable, are they? You compare the two teams <laughs> of like the Raul's, the Ronaldo's, the Zidane's. With, uh, I, I wonder how much of that is us being younger when that first lot of Galacticos was around. Like, uh, there's very few footballers I'm obsessed with more than like original Ronaldo, and like, sure. I think maybe that's part of it. But I agree with you that first the 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 first version is much more like romantic. Let's say. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that magical quality to it. But you're completely right. It's because we're we're of a certain age. I'm sure if we spoke to uh, some younger folks. But they're 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 going to remember that sort of mm-hmm. uh, twenty ten Madrid team in a in a different light to we do. Maybe um, I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I just think those players like Zidane, Ronaldo, especially yeah. Casillas, have all got kind of like FIFA icon status. Yeah, yeah. Cannavaro as well, to be fair. Um, I just don't. I just that like it's, it's it's everything together. It's the iconic kit without a yeah. sponsor. It's mm-hmm. winning that Champions League in the fashion they did. They're just a much even even the stupid signings like Woodgate, Gravison, yeah, um, yeah, the cult hero players like Guti and Hierro, and how can I forget Beckham as well? That was the yeah. massive statement. Oh, that was insane! And as as much as Benzema and Ronaldo were massive statements, and Kaká and Xabi Alonso all in two thousand nine, all in that same window, it still they just still wasn't as likable, was it? It was I don't know, I don't know. I think. There's a romanticism with that first Galactico team because everyone hated it, but everyone loved to hate it. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, people yeah. loved it as well. And it was, as well, I suppose with the explosion of like uh, Champions League football being on TV and that becoming such a big thing, uh, it also coincided at the right time for Madrid to be like you say, like you couldn't help but sort of love it, even if you hated it, because it was just oh, on this Tuesday night I'll get to see. Five of the best players in the world yeah. all playing in an all-white strip. Like that's what it was. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly what it was. You know, on, on uh, like FIFA is the example I use. You get like a legends team. Mm. It was like watching that. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was. Yeah, you're quite right. Like to watch Beckham, Zidane, Figo, uh, Ronaldo, Raúl, Roberto, Carlos, 
McAleary in the same yeah. fucking team. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. It doesn't have the same ring of it when you not obviously Ronaldo is, in my opinion, probably the greatest player of all time. But you've got a Kaka where it just didn't work. It wasn't the Kaka at Milan when he was at Madrid. Xabi yeah, yeah. Alonso very quickly went to Bayern. He wasn't the player. He was mm. at Liverpool. Benzema wouldn't fall into place until Ronaldo really left yeah. to a yeah, certain yeah, extent. Yeah. It just wasn't, you know, you, you watch Roberto Carlos for the long shots and you know, he's crossing. You watch Beckham for the free kicks. You watch Zidane for his play. You watch Ronaldo because... Yeah just one of the best natural goal scorers you've seen. You watch Raul because it's Raul. Yeah. It just so, doesn't have the same... I don't know what it is. I can't put it into words, but it's just not the same je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I suppose there's also like a bit of an element of uh, that dream of you as a kid of like, you watch a World Cup and a player breaks out and you're like, oh, where's he going? Where like Madrid's, were, their sort of thing was, someone's broke out at a World Cup or Euros, we're signing them. Yeah, it almost was like a sticker book collection, wasn't it? Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the player everyone's talking about. Okay, they, they, they play for Madrid now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just the way it was. But yeah, very, very interesting. And oh, I've got one more question to ask you guys. Then, was the four league titles and the Champions League in two thousand and two enough, and all the money they spent as well? Was that enough to call the Galacticos a success? We'll start with you, Harry. Oh, I'm going to say yes. Over 10 um, years. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, because it's that, it's that foundation of, okay, we did win Champions League, we did win a couple of leagues, uh, what's great. But it's that foundation of uh, selling the training ground, repurposing it as commercial land, paying off all your debt from that one sale, becoming the biggest club in the world, uh, and all that pays off in 2009 when all of a sudden you're spending over 200 million on players. Like without that, without that sort of foundation to begin with, without that interest in Madrid, people like Ronaldo and Benzema aren't going to have that pull to Madrid. Even now, like uh, most players would leave whatever club they're at to go to Madrid because yeah. there's still that sort of pull of you get to say you played for Real Madrid, you you get to say you're a Galactico, like. And I think without that crazy Perez drama going on, I don't know if 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 Madrid would be that big pool they are today. So for that, I'd say they're successful. Yeah, good answer. So very it's long term success rather than the uh, yeah short term. Yeah, short term. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Let's be fair. Yeah, fair <laughs> and uh, Rory, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna say commercially, yes, it was a complete success. But I think on the pitch, they should have been much more successful. Definitely. I think if Perez had maybe taken the Galactico uh, philosophy and focused on having one manager, or just sticking with Del Bosque, maybe yeah, yeah. they could have had a bit more sustained success. Yeah. I think um, we've seen it a little bit, or we see it a little bit now with PSG, who have a kind of similar outlook. Mm. The fact that their league is a, a cakewalk for them just means they 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 pick up the league title. But actually, success beyond that, I don't know how just si- how much just signing big names works. Um, yeah. So I think on the pitch they should have been much more successful. But yeah, yeah, commercially it's hard to argue. Like in Madrid, the three towers that they built on that commer- on the land they sold, they call them Beckham, Ronaldo, and Zidane. Like yeah. in the city, that's what they call the towers because. That is what paid for that team, but I think on sure. the pitch they should have been much more successful. I think 
uh, something we can definitely talk about, and I think it's a bit, it's a bit of the elephant in the room when you talk about Galacticos, is that they probably would have been a lot more successful in the pitch if there wasn't another sort of revolution going on philosophy style at a different club mm-hmm. in Barcelona. Without, without Barcelona buying into their philosophy and without Madrid letting Eto slip through their hands and without Ronaldinho yeah. appearing, like Madrid would have, would, would have been a cakewalk for them. But you just happen to have this alternate message and style yeah. uh, that, that in that sort of mid-period where they couldn't win trophies, Barca were just taking all of them. And I think if it wasn't like if if Barca hadn't sort of done what they did with focusing on youth and and focusing on Tic Taka, then maybe we wouldn't even be romantic about it. Maybe we'd mm. think of them as PSG and be like, bastards, one that bought their league. <laughs> yeah, 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 quite no, right. yeah, you could be onto something there. And I think the fact that Barcelona's philosophy is so opposite to Real Madrid's philosophy only makes it more intriguing oh, as well. That, that's what made that the, was uh, part of the sale, wasn't it? Of like, yeah. oh, it's, that, it's our Classico, it's La Liga. Like, you have these two giants with these different opinions and like, even like, you know, today, but both of them are sort of starting to be a little bit of a ghost of their former selves. But even today, that, that draw is still there of these uh, complete opposites in pretty much every aspect as well. <laughs> the royal team, the breakaway team, yeah. whatever you want, however you want to frame it. It's just they are the, the perfect like mm. villains of one another. Yeah. Catalonia and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah I think the El Clasico's back in the noughties was now so much better than the ones we had in the last 10 years. So much, but you know, like even like the Madrid fans. Anyway. The, how, how, how have we gone this whole podcast about talking about that Figo moment with the pig's head? And... Well, I was going to say the um, when Ronald, Ronaldinho scores a brace and the Madrid fans yeah. start applauding him. Yeah, um, that, was, oh. that was iconic. He when's that ever happen? Yeah. Here's another. Uh, so before that, uh, obviously that's an iconic moment, incredible. But before that, something we should give Perez a bit of a, uh, but like say a great thing he did really was Madrid won their first ever game of New Camp in 20 years during this Galactico period. Wow. Before, before that, they hadn't won at New Camp for 20 years. So for Perez, will all, Perez will probably never have to buy a drink again if he brings up that fact to any Madrid fan. Like, imagine... <laughs> like, never I, I imagine he's getting free drinks at the Bernabeu anyway, <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. True, true. <laughs> He's <laughs> trying to put money back into the club amount he's spending. Yeah. Um, there we go. There we go. Good way to end it as well. And I think you're you're both right in many ways. I think the in footballing sense, they should have done more. But in a global franchising sense, I suppose um, it's it's paid off for them, particularly in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Not that we care about that because we're naughty based. But there, there we go. Um, so thank you, chaps, for joining me. It's been a very good episode. I really enjoyed this. To be fair, it's been a good nostalgic chat. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thanks for joining and thanks for listening as well but before we go we need to get our guest uh, from the Anglo-Italian pod Rory Oof. on the What's in Your Padini leaderboard um, this this series we're doing 2002 so I have in front of me a packet of Merlin football stickers that have been sealed for 20 years, years two decades those of you that follow me on TikTok will know all about this shit um <laughs> So Greg is still top of the leaderboard. Was it 9.5? He's on something. 8.9. He's on 8.9. So to get a 9, we need a we need an Henri, really. I think he got a shiny Teddy Sheringham or something. Um, yeah, so we, we're going to judge it kind of on how good the players were, if we yes. can remember them, how much of a legend they are. If you get shiny. Yeah, shinies, shinies are extra points. Any Arsenal players will give you a few uh, extra bonus brownie points there as well. So 
Is it oh, weird that I'm nervous? I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not sure why. Uh, <laughs> it happens. Nobody knows why. Don't worry. We're, we're dead bottom with a four. Yeah, and, we're pretty uh, terrible. Who so. did you get? Do you remember who you got? I think, our best, I think our best player was possibly Sheringham, but um, it, it was, was like... Profile picture, not a shiny. Yeah. Okay, right. And it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like Tottenham in 2002. Like, no, it's not yeah. nothing yeah. special, is it? <laughs> Quite right then. So here we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Who do you want to get? Well, Thierry Henry is the dream. But I would take anyone from anyone from the the Arsenal team in that year. So the double, just yeah. after the double winning side, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exciting stuff. Authentic and rip. Sealed for two decades. Maybe older than some of you lot. I feel like there's going to be a backburn player like Vincenzo Grella or something. I feel like there's going to be a backburn player. Someone random that. In, in the last, in the last, what year was the last edition we did? When 2008. We got, 2008. Do you remember a player called Gerald Sid? I have no idea who that is. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> how, we, exactly how we reacted. <laughs> so it happens. It happens. Wasn't he? No, hold on. Wasn't he chased out of Bolton? Yeah, it was something. He, ridiculous. He wrote an article about him in the in the like local newspapers. Yeah, he was the worst player ever. Yeah. when we looked up after it, it was something absolutely crazy like that but uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you just pull a play and you'll just have to be like oh yeah yeah okay yeah. cool yeah All right. <laughs> but you're going to start with here we go your first player one of the big cards as well Kevin Campbell oh I'll take that ex-Arsenal yeah. pretty decent at Everton did alright I'll, All take, right. I'll take that your next player for West Ham is the Scots Glasgow legend Don Hutchinson. Okay, not too bad at the moment. A little bit BT Sport coverage so far. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Holy oh, fuck! Wow. Jesus, cunt! There he goes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Said, oh, <laughs> family around. I said, Jesus, cunt. <laughs> I didn't even know this player would be in this series. I'm so excited. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh god. Paul Gascoigne. Oh the one of England's greatest ever players. Yes, please. This is 2002, though. Oh dear, what a player. What a player. I cannot believe that. I think I saw him for Everton against the Alex. I think we got them in the FA Cup at Goodison Park. I'm pretty sure I saw with with Ginola in that team as well. I feel like that's when yeah, we had Ginola yeah. and Gascoigne, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you also have Charlton's, and speaking of players we've never heard of, Radostin Kershakev. Oh, great guy. Great left foot from what I remember. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Rocket in his, in his No idea. <laughs> Now, this player will make you laugh because he was mentioned earlier for the wrong reasons. Phil Neville. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that is fate right there. That's fate right there. Now How I've got funny. It. I cannot believe. I think this must be the first time a player, uh, a guest has mentioned a player and then we've packed them. Yeah, for um, sure. So now I can't three. argue for higher points when I've got Phil Neville. I can't now <laughs> turn around and go, well, actually. Oh, so, yeah, you, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't go Phil Neville's fucking quality off. You sacked him off an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Callum Davidson of uh, Leicester, who um, I don't think his own parents remember, remember him. So um, <laughs> Apparently he has no <laughs> neck from that picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he has no neck. Yeah, here we go. Um. Well, what a pack. Let's let's recap then. 
Kevin Campbell, uh, Don Hutchinson, Paul Gascoigne, uh, Radestein Kishishev, um, Phil Neville, and Callum Davidson. I think, well, the big ones in there, well, Paul Gascoigne, that must have been his last ever football sticker. Because after Everton, he went to Boston. Mm-hmm. And then he had Kettering for a bit. And yeah, he, but they yeah. they don't get football. So that is his last ever. I'm not, that means something more Boston to me. Might have, Boston might have got one in like the champion. No, no, they didn't do. They don't. They didn't do a League Two fucking Panini album. Well, no, were they, weren't they in Big One? Yeah. <laughs> I would have bought it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, some random thing. I don't know. Maybe in the Boston club shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the yeah, shed. Yeah. Still now, he's still got packed in there, just Gascoigne. Like, come in, on, please. In a, sh- in a shed. <laughs> um, but we have to give you a score out of 10, and I've got to say... So, I'd, I'm going to say it's pretty average. I think the best player there, really, the player who's at the peak of their powers is arguably Kevin Campbell. Phil Neville. <laughs> oh, Phil Neville. If you want to, if you want to give me hey, more, as a United fan, I've got to argue. <laughs> I think Don Hutchinson has probably passed his peak then as well. To be mm. fair, I think it's Kevin fair Campbell. to point out that uh, just films in that are in second with a seven point five, and their best card was a certain Gary Neville. Was it? That was yeah. the best player. That was their best player by the look of it. Well, um, apparently, Phil uh, piggyback to career off him, so. Yeah, yeah, I can't go above them. I can't go above them. Yeah. I mean, joint with them, uh, it's the top 10 pod, and I think their best player was Ginola. By that logic, we need to. And then looking at down it, down even further, we got uh, right us at the bottom with, with normal Teddy, and then at the top, shiny Teddy. But Dennis Wise is just above us for FT Lowell. Well, for Jack. And then Rob Fletcher has, who's he got? I can't even see if that is. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Petit, is it? I think. No, it might have been, yeah. Petit. So. I think I'm coming. I haven't got a player as good as Petit or Ginola in that part. Yeah, you have. You've got fucking Gaza. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. It is 2002, Gaza. It's like, it Gaza. Yeah, yeah. There's some players just like beat the system, you know what I mean? Just trump everything. If you get, like, I'll a take trump, it. I'll definitely take it. You know when for you're like... For, for you the could, romance. you got like supercar top trumps and then someone pulls out Bugatti Veyron. Like, you're not beating it, are you? Just, <laughs> I don't know. We're not playing top trumps though, are we? <laughs> uh, can't, well, we'll play our own game. I'll make the rules. Um, <laughs> um, it is fucking good. I think uh, Greg, the Pini expert, he got quite a few good players, didn't he? I think he got yeah, like, Fabregas and maybe someone else. Um, yeah, he got a few Arsenal players and he was an Arsenal fan, wasn't he? That's yeah. Cool. And we just... put Teddy on the picture just to annoy him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think um so what just films and that got who's their best player? Gary Neville. Yeah. I mean well, he's, the one, he's the one you've put on the picture because you're a United, you're a United fan. They yeah. might have had a better player, but I can't remember. Oh, it's this tricky Kevin Campbell didn't have a great career. Oh, Don Hutchinson. It's a tricky one. It's really tricky because yeah, you're quite right. We've not got any standout amazing players. 
Um, or Kishishev, you know, that guy left a mark on the Premier League that will never be forgotten, right? So let's not forget oh, him. I'm going right? to have to look him up in a minute. Um, it'd be funny if you like play for Barcelona, we just didn't know. You know, like, yeah, he, was, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was inspiration behind Messi. He was, he, he was the one at La Masia who gave him training sessions after dark. Um, play for Charlton. Um, oh, you know what? I want to give it a second place. I don't know. I think it is just Gaza. <laughs> oh, you, I, I will absolutely take it, but that is just from that's just from Gaza. What did what did just what did just films in that get? What was their score? Seven point five. Seven point six. Oh, I'll definitely take that. You know what? It's Gaza, isn't it? Go on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'll absolutely take it. In our year, <laughs> in our year and two months of uh, playing, what's in your panini? We've never had a trump card before. We <laughs> think we might have found it. I think we found it. I'm like, honoured. I think it was just, it was, it was genuinely just, I did not expect. Yeah, new, new rule then. To see that grey-haired junkie looking back at me. Um, <laughs> new rule then, if it's an ageing legend, but it has to be like, you know, someone at once was at the top of who the else? Game. Who else could it be though? Like, you're not going to get... That was literally the only player you could have picked to get a decent score and um, you did it. That was mad. Crazy. Sometimes the gods just shine on you, right? Sometimes it's just your day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there we go. What what an ending? What that's one of the best endings we've ever had to a pod. I think. Uh, fair play. And how how apt we're talking about the Galacticos, and we get the Northern Galactico of Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> um, what a player! So thank you, chaps, for joining us. We've been talking about the uh, Galacticos in the Northies. Uh, Rowry, where can people find you? Where can people find the Anglo Italian Pod? Follow so you, we. We are everywhere. We're on YouTube, Twitch. We're on LinkedIn. Um, if you look for us on Twitter, it's at Italian Anglo Pod, and on Instagram, it's at Anglo Italian Pod because somebody stole our handle on Twitter. Um, we do live shows on a Monday. We do. Uh, we release our podcasts on Friday. We've just had an interview with ex-Arsenal coach Neil Banfield, which is definitely Ooh, nice. worth checking Brilliant. out. And we've got a big guest coming up this week. Ex Premier League referee, I will not reveal who it is, but you might want to check that out. So give us a follow, subscribe, all the things millennials do. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really, really enjoyed it. I really yeah, enjoyed it's, it. It's, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been a, it's been a good laugh. This one, absolutely genius stuff. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us, it's uh, at Timo Lives on Twitter, Timo Lives Podcast on Instagram. If you're a fan of TikTok and you like that pack opening of Paul Gascoigne at Jenks Ollie. Um, just hit over 30k it's pretty good stuff if you if you like my reaction there see some of the bat batshit things i say on on the tiktok um so um yeah bit of self-promotion on the tiktok on the tiktok <laughs> <laughs> i'm from yorkshire on the tiktok <laughs> time to open pack this one's from 2003 <laughs> all right <laughs> it's good night for me and it's good night from these guys as well we'll see you next time it's been team of your lives hope you had the time of your life on team of your lives see you next time team. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.